What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Woke Up. Brought my boy Aaron back in the studio. What's Aaron. up? What's up? Oh, thank you, thank you. Pleasure to have you back. So the conversation today is sports, not just sports. Everything from greatness. What is greatness? Activism. Uh, what? What happened, bro? We on the topic of sports, right? I just got a notification. Oh, about Julio? Yeah. Yeah, to the bus. That's crazy. They. That's not fair. They said, "Well, we can't have Antonio Brown." Man, Tom Brown. Look. Tom Brady said he going out with a bang. With a bang, <laughs> he getting this ring and he out. No, uh, I, carry on, bro. No, I, no, you good. I saw it before you came into the building That's today. That's crazy. But we're gonna talk about everything from sports, from gr- what is greatness to hard work to money being earned to activism, and I got a few responses from a poll I did on Instagram. So first to kick it off, Aaron, who are your top five greatest athletes of all time? Any sport, anything, point blank, period. Man, that's a hard question, bro. And I, I feel like this is something that, like, I talk, I talk about with, like, my, like, friend group as well. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to, like, list out five, but I'm going to try. Okay. In no particular order. Okay. I'm going to say Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson. Mm. I'll say Tom Brady. Okay. Uh, fuck. Usain Bolt. Okay. Bro, this is tough. <laughs> this is real tough. I'm going to have to say... Maybe Tiger Woods. Okay. Tiger Woods. I respect it. Yeah. My top five, and this is a particular order. Okay. Number one, Michael Jordan. Okay. Number two, Muhammad Ali. Okay. Number three, Serena Williams. Okay. Number four, Michael Phelps. Okay. And number five, Tiger Woods. Okay. Here we go. Like that's that's my top five of all time. Like Facts. y'all can debate me if you want, but exactly. Uh, why is your top five your top five? I feel like, man, you know, you you know, for me. I picked the athletes that I watched growing up, but there's so many other great athletes out there that I didn't mention that I that I that I know exist and they did great things. Like, you know, you can't knock, mm-hmm. you know, Walter Payton, you can't knock Joe Montana, you can't knock um Satchel Page, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like uh Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth. Like these were great players, but you know, the players that I listed out or the the, the athletes that I listed out, these were individuals that I, I felt like I watched growing up. And especially Kobe Bryant, you know, yeah. on the basketball court, but also off the basketball court as well. Just like watching his overall work ethic right. and his leadership on the court. Um, who else did I say? Tiger Woods is mm-hmm. just awesome, and he's been awesome since he was a teenager. He made golf interesting. He does. He does. Like I wasn't even interested in golf, but just watching Tiger Woods play when I was younger, and mm-hmm. even to this day, I'm like, yo, let me go to Top Golf real quick. <laughs> let me go to Top Golf real quick. Uh, Usain Bolt um, definitely is just a crazy athlete to watch. Yeah. Like, and I don't watch track and field often, but watching the Olympics, you always look forward to watching that. Uh, watching that. Uh, watching that Jamaican team. Uh, Usain Bolt is crazy. Um, that Jamaican team is phenomenal. Every it's year, crazy. Every year, yes. Um, and then, last but not least, well, two. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the goat. <laughs> Tom Brady is the goat of my generation. I hate to say that because I've never been a Patriots fan. I've never been a Buccaneers fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. So it pains me to say that. But Tom Brady, just watching him from jump, like he was – he had the cards stacked against him from day one. Right. And won seven Super Bowls, possibly an eighth one coming up this year, maybe. Maybe. We'll see, maybe, right? And then uh, Mike Tyson, just a scary – Mike Tyson is vicious. It's ecstatic. Exactly. <laughs> Mike Tyson, he bit off Evander Holyfield's ear. <laughs> what? Lord. God. No, nah, it's just, <laughs> it's crazy. 
Nah, it's nuts. It is. It is crazy. Like, I picked my top five just because the resume speaks for itself. But the person that I think that we sleep on from my list is Michael Phelps. This man literally won gold every year. Facts. Like, you know how hard that is? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no. It's difficult. And to compete at that elite level and win consecutively, that's something special. Yes. So that's why I put him in my greatest athletes of all time. Just because that's, that's wild. Especially in a sport like swimming. Right. Like, it's it's a lot that goes into it. Absolutely. I can't swim. I ain't getting in that water. <laughs> but I watch people, you know what I'm saying, go through their meets. And Michael Phelps is, that's a dog, bro. That's I believe it. I believe it. So I asked that question just to break the ice, but to go off into the con- conversation of greatness. Yeah. So what do you think encompasses an athlete being great? Because we hear, you know, things on the court, on the field, like on the mound, off, off, um, when you're in your personal life, championships, things like that. So what do you think is the pinnacle of greatness, even though it is a subjective question? It is very subjective. Um, I think that when I define greatness of an athlete, I look at them primarily for the sport that they play. I mm-hmm. I exclude what they do off the field, yeah. um, but just kind of focus on the sport themselves. I look at the accolades um, and that resume, as you mentioned before. Like everybody I listed off has won championship after championship after championship. Um, and I think just how they control their sport, if it's a team sport or if it's an individual sport, mm-hmm. you know, those individuals, they're the team generals, you know, out there on the court, out there in the field, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing their thing. So that's my definition of greatness. And, of right. course, I know person to person, it can vary. I'm pretty sure your definition is probably different than mine. Yeah, yeah. My, my thing is it's tough because when we, uh, when we include the pinnacle, did you win? Yeah. Because I remember recently on um, Gilbert Arenas' podcast, he had J.R. Smith on there, and they were talking about Damian Lillard. And we'll get into loyalty in a little bit because that was mainly that conversation. But they asked a very good question, well, did you win? And sometimes I don't think that did you win is enough either because we look at some great players in any sport. Like I'm going to go straight to basketball like Charles Barkley. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Didn't win. Like facts, and even then, it's like, and it's a lot of people on that list too. Allen Iverson, exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of people on that list. It's a lot of people on that list. Um, even when we look at things at the NFL, like would Ray Lewis still not be an amazing football player, or Peyton Manning not be an amazing football player? They didn't win. Facts, like stuff like that. Because then we also look at people who have multiple rings, and it's like, well, what did you do besides be on the team? Exactly. Like a lesser known, like NBA player, Patrick McGraw. He was with the Warriors in 17, 18, then with Toronto in 19, and he has three championships from all those years. But what did he do? Nothing. He was just there. <laughs> so, so it's like when it comes to greatness, I do think looking at off the court is entertaining. Like, mm-hmm. it's sexy. It's nice to talk about because, you know, people will be like, oh, Kobe worked with a lot of individual players in the NBA, um, women in the WNBA, um, coaching the young girls team, LeBron with the I Promise School, um, Jordan signing athletes, <clears throat> excuse me. And I think that is, like, commendable. You yeah. know, recently, like, stuff like Megan Rapinoe fighting for women's rights, mm-hmm. um, some uh, Simone Biles and uh, Naomi Osaka for mental health rights. Like, people do look at that and say greatness. Even, like, you know, Kareem, Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali, the whole nine, doing doing what they feel is right. 
is it a testament to their greatness as an athlete? That's why I'm with you. Like, no, I don't think that matters. Right. I think that's a testament who they are as a person. Right. But the thing is, we include that in these arguments. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes that's a little disingenuous because, yep. okay, well, what if so-and-so did so much more in their career and one more than this person? But this person, okay, they started 50 schools, got 20,000 people in college. Okay, yeah, they're a great person, but they're not the better athlete. Facts. And even if you want to go off that argument, look at somebody like Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. This man has not lost as a professional fighter. He, he's been an undefeated way. He's, what, 50 and 0 or something like that, I think? 51. 51 and 0. And, but he's managed to create an entire enterprise, yeah. signing boxers left and right to then do exactly what he's done. Like, look at... Tank Davis, like, yeah, th that's a dog, bro. Like you, you can't, right. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm still waiting for the Tank Ryan Garcia fight <laughs> sometime soon. But it's gonna, be a good, it's gonna be a good fight if it happens. Facts, facts. It might not happen for like the next ten years or so. We know, how but you know, work. you know how that shit goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but I mean, yeah. It, it's you know, you you have a lot of folks out there who are doing great things, but it doesn't necessarily make them a great athlete, right? You're just a good person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just a good person. Now, there are players out there who are great, like LeBron James, who is probably the Michael Jordan of our generation. Yeah. Um, who's also doing great things off the court as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that's just uh, – you don't see a lot of those in right. the league or across sports in general. Um, but you do see a lot of folks who are working their hardest. And it's, uh, it's definitely a testament to – the hard work that they put in from the time they were a kid up until present day. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So it, it's just like when we talk about greatness, unfortunately, we got to leave people off. That's the thing that, like, I hate when we had this conversation because yeah. it's like someone asked me my top ten basketball players of all time. Gosh. And it took me a minute to make that I list. Say, that's tough. But looking at the people I left off, I was like, dang, I could have put so-and-so there too. I could have moved so and so there too, right. but ah, oh damn, he ain't win. Mm -hmm. Or not, nah, he won, but he really won. He was just part of the team because right. it's like I look at people like Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is arguably a top three, top five shooting guard of all time. He's not in my top ten. Mm -hmm. Like he's he's still today the best shot blocking shooting guard. Mm -hmm. You don't hear that a lot from that position. That's kind of fucking amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, still to this day, you've been retired only a few years now, but no one else is even attempting to do that from that position. Mm -hmm. It's more so about steals at that position, but I can get into details of basketball later. Yeah, yeah, but sure. it's it's stuff like that, like, wow. That is kind of dope. Mm -hmm. Like, even, like, um, like, people like Lamar Jackson, um, Joe Burrow, the things that they did early when they first got there, that's kind of impactful. Patrick Mahomes. Like, but Patrick Mahomes has a chip over those two. He does. So we're going to say that he's he greater. But I'm in some cases, I'm going to probably rock with Joe Burrow. Even though, I got to say Joe Burrow is probably better than the two of them. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, And I'm a Steelers fan. Them, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, I mean, just like, what, what, what what's his nickname? Joe uh, Shiesty? Yeah. Joe <laughs> Shiesty. Like, watching what he did in his, you know, his second season, I mean, his first season was definitely, you know. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. He had his ACL injury. I think it was Chase Young that took him out. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. But he came back strong. And I think that he will win a championship at yeah, some I point in time in his career. That Cincinnati Bengals team is different, man. They wanted it. They wanted it, man. Like, honestly, but also that L.A. Rams team was crazy. This <laughs> yeah. like, I, I can't even knock it. F them pick. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even <laughs> knock it. 
God, man. Now, sports is sports is definitely one of those things that is has evolved a lot over time, mm-hmm. and I think that we're seeing like a lot more, um, a lot more adaptation um, happening within you know the different leagues um, right. around the world. I mean, you look at uh, the talent that's coming out of high school. Like yeah. we're starting to track these people from high school athletes through their college Shoot, years. Middle school. If they go to college, exactly mm-hmm. middle school. You look at Zion Williamson and and you look at um, the Ball Brothers. Yeah, the Ball Brothers. Archie Manning. I mean, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm excited to mm-hmm. watch these individuals grow and develop over time. And mm-hmm. I think that there is potential for them to be great. But at yes. the same time, I think that they have to focus on some some more like individual personal things like Zion like Zion mm-hmm. is a dominant player but he need but he need to lose some weight yeah he's a dominant player he can be even more dominant you know what I'm saying uh, the Ball Brothers mm-hmm. you know specifically Melo yeah he will be nice yeah, uh, yeah Archie Manning will he live up to the hype of Peyton and Eli I think he'll win I one I think he would I think definitely he will win one but I think I need to watch him play in college yes that that is, is he going true. to Texas where, yeah, yeah baby Longhorns that's, yeah. My, that's my college football team is it for real yeah I was happy when we got him that's what's up that's what's up yeah, so I've I'm been an LSU excited. fan for a while mm-hmm. I've been an LSU fan for a while but I haven't really followed college football in like the last three four years right it's crazy yeah nah. I understand yeah I understand but it's that's something else, and that's a good segue to get into the next topic in a second. But I want to give a shout out to my sponsor, Childlike Clothing, real quick. Everybody, go get you, go get you some from Childlike Clothing. That's C H A L E Clothing. Look them up. Everything from chucker hats, t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, shorts, swimming trunks, workout clothes. They got you. Go check it out. That's C H A L E Clothing. But that's a good segue into looking at one topic I had, like looking at the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Now, personally. I don't always think just because someone's younger in this time, they're going to be better. We still have to let them have a career. Right. Like, for example, um, I don't know if you saw, but like John Morant was on the, um, I think it was a podcast, and he was talking about how he would basically beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. And I had a back and forth. Yeah. In uh, his prime? No. Prime here's, Jordan? Here's the thing. Like, <laughs> getting into that, I was going back and forth with the person, and I think that this is kind of flawed thinking. Respect okay. to her, though. She said, well, he's an expert, so I got to trust an expert. I said, that still doesn't make sense. You can still be an expert. She called John Moran an expert or somebody yeah. else an expert? she called John Moran an expert. Okay. So, yes, is he a professional basketball player? Yes. Is he an expert technically? Yes. But that doesn't make him right. Mm-hmm. And I told her, and she was like, but we're comparing prime MJ to John Moran. I said, we don't even got to do that. I said, let's compare Michael Jordan and John Moran in the year that John Moran is in, year three. In year three, Michael Jordan led his team in scoring, assists, steals, blocks, and rebounding. And this Phil, was and this for, was and, and this was before he had all, all of the star yeah, talent. Exactly. That he this, won the this was nineteen eighty seven. Exactly. So he also led the league in scoring. He led his team in free throw percentage that year too. Um he also was defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. an all star, and M V P. Yeah. John Morant was an all star. Mm-hmm. That's it. I that's it. <laughs> that's that, it. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> did uh did uh did, did win rookie of the year? Yes, job. He won rookie of the year most improved. You know, yeah, congratulations. That's about it though, yeah. Like, you know, do I think that it would be an interesting matchup? Oh, yeah. But I feel like it's also hard to compare, too, because the game of basketball has evolved so much over time. Mm -hmm. Like, looking at Michael Jordan playing in the 90s, in the 80s and 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And even the the early 2000s when when he was at the end of his career, the game was very different. It was slower. The game now is fast-paced. There's no defense. Everybody wants the big dunk. Everybody Everybody wants to score. Yeah, everybody wants to score. I promise you that would not last. You know no. what I'm saying? If if 
if you were to catch Jordan and Ja in, their, in both of their third years, respectively, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan would dominate Ja in the paint. Exactly. Hands down. And that's Hands what I'm down. saying. Jordan don't really need to shoot like that. Yeah, not at all. Now, like, I compared their careers at this point. Like, John Morant was definitely better at passing. He had more assists shot, and shot better from the um, three-point line. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Like, with Michael, you're going to be lucky to even breathe. Facts. Like, there's a reason he's an all-defensive player. John Morant barely played defense. Facts. So, looking at the intricacies like that, that's why I disagree with her. And respectfully, that's why you're wrong. Yeah. Like, and that's to the point of what I'm saying is like, is it, should we always give grace to the younger generation just because they're younger and the game has changed? No. No? No. I don't think so either. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I think think that you have to respect those athletes at those point in times in their career. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those things, and I can't really speak on it too much because I didn't watch basketball in the 90s. I was just born in the mid-90s, right? But mm-hmm. I can speak on the 2000s, you know what I'm saying? Like watching Kobe, watching Kobe and Shaq, mm-hmm. watching Braun in the early part of his career, you know, watching Paul Pierce, watching Ray Allen. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys were dominant, mm-hmm. uh, very, very dominant in that sport. You know what I'm saying? So, And then looking at today's athletes, like I said before, it's just a different pace. It's, it, it's a different pace, and I think that everybody just – it's the overall aesthetic of the game. Like, you know, people, they care about how they look on the court. You know what I'm saying? Like, they want to have the freshest mm-hmm. shoes. They want to have, you know, whatever the swag up they fit. But at the same time, like, they're also focusing on their game, but mostly on the offensive side of it, not necessarily defensive side of it, which is why I, I, will, I will always say if you were to take an early Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. and put them up against somebody like John Morant, John Morant would be destroyed. Exactly. Hands down. And Kobe had a horrible rookie season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I agree. And, like, not even just basketball, other sports, too. Like, yeah. looking at baseball, like, baseball has become so uncaring. And that's saying, I like baseball. I'm a Yankees fan. But it's one of those things where it's like we only care for the home run now. Yeah. We only want to see the exciting slide. Like, no, like, this is a strategy game. Facts. Like, this it, this isn't supposed to be full of highlights. Yeah. Like, same it that's what it is. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it does take a minute. I'm gonna be real with you. I don't know baseball that well. That's fine. I don't know baseball that well. Um I watched it when I was a kid. I played for like a year or two when I was younger, but I didn't really like the game. It was just like really, really slow. Um and I'm one of those people, like when I go and I've gone to baseball games before. I went to a Phillies game a couple of a couple of summers ago and um the whole time I was there I was like, yo, I just wanna see somebody hit a home run or hit yep. a foul ball so I can catch that joint. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's all sports are evolving over time. Even look at football; yeah. it's changed a lot. a lot. Most of it for safety reasons, which rightfully so. Concussions are very real. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, brain health is everything. So, but I mean, the game had to evolve just because. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, no, I, I agree. It's but crazy. and it's even then, like looking at people right now, you know, because the obvious comparison for Lamar Jackson is Michael Vick, yeah, a running quarterback. Who you think is better, Michael Vick? Michael like Vick. it's no, it's no question. Like I will say this: Lamar Jackson is an amazing talent. Yeah, he got put in a situation that made it better. Yeah, but let's be real too: what also happened, Pittsburgh. Like I love my team, but that year he won MVP. We weren't doing too great. We still had a winning record. Yeah, but we weren't doing too great. The yeah. Bengals weren't who they are now, mm-hmm. and who the fuck are the Browns? Still nobody. It's still nobody. <laughs> so, of course, still you were nobody. going to dominate our division. Yeah. No offense. Like, you took advantage of a situation. I'm not mad at that. But had everyone been fully right where they are, like, peak good, like, 
oops, like everyone is fine. Yeah. I don't know if you win MVP that year, but no. you had a good season. Yeah. But had something like that happened, like even in the late 90s, and like for a football, Lamar, he probably would have won MVP. I, I think he probably would have won MVP. But historically, MVPs are either a quarterback or a really defensive person. Aaron Donald, for example. Aaron Donald would have been a monster in the 70s for football. Oh God. A fucking dog. Put him on the charges in the late 70s and the 80s. Jesus Christ. Aaron Donald is unreal. Like, I was watching one of his videos on Instagram. He was doing a fitness workout. Why did I say fitness workout? He was doing a workout. He was doing a fitness workout. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the fuck that came out. And I was just, like, watching watching him put up the way he was putting up. And I was just like, bro, this is this is unreal. Like, he did an interview. It was him and, was him and DK Metcalf. And they were talking about, like, how much weight they put up in the gym. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how much Aaron Donald said. But everybody who was in that interview, they were like, you do what? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> like I do this for reps. And I was like, it was crazy. I think it was, like, some, like, absurd number, like, like 315 pounds for like 20 reps or something like that. I was like, yo, that's fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, but even looking at other players, like, and I don't think James Harrison has ever won an MVP, but the motherfucker is different. James Harrison is an animal. I miss him in Pittsburgh. Bro, I do. Yo, you follow him on, uh, on, on social media? Yes, all his workouts really are like how. Like, between him and Dwayne Johnson, I don't know how you do it. God. Well, Dwayne Johnson, first of all, is not natural. No, no, he's not a person. He's not <laughs> Second a person. of all, James Harrison is just like I, he, he's just unreal, and I, I I don't know if he's natural either. But at the same time, like watching some of the stuff that he does on the field and also in the gym, I'm just like, bro, I would never want to see you in an alley. No, <laughs> ever. Aaron Donald too, but bro, never. Not no, good. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> but it's like. When it comes to the younger generation now, yeah. like for any sport, I'm going to give you your grace. I'm going to give you your respect. But in some sports, it's like it's not that big of a deal. Like tennis. I love tennis. I'm a tennis fan. I played tennis in high school. Younger talent is still good in tennis. But instead of competing with the league, like 29, 32, like whatever it is in baseball, I forget, other teams, you're competing against hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Like you're ranked like 400 from the world, 300 from the world. 25th in the world which is crazy which is crazy yeah. so it's like to be an well it's one to me personally it's an honor to be ranked like for a sport like tennis right but that's one of those sports i see where okay you're young cool we don't really like care that you're young we don't think that you're better than everybody like arthur ass still gets his praise and he's been dead for a minute right like serena williams gets her credit and she's was dominant same thing with venus so it's like it's more so about your talent, right. not your age. And I think that's the thing where we get into the conversation of, like, oh, they're young, they got time. Shoot, they're young, they better. They're young, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, like, youth don't always mean that you better. It, it really doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, you could be young. Like, you take somebody like, uh, like uh, and I don't know what the, uh, I guess, the technical legal age is for somebody to play professional soccer, but you look at a, I'm going to say a 16-year-old kid, Oh, yeah, soccer, gets, too. Yeah, who, who, like, gets signed to play for a club overseas, let's say, I don't know, somewhere in England or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or somewhere in Spain, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say, you know, you, you got to go up against Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm a, Namor, I'm a Namor fan. I don't really follow soccer. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like, get fan. better at, <laughs> like, following soccer. Um, what my, my colleagues talk to me all the time. I'm like, yo. Who should I root for? And they're like, yo, you need to cheer for Liverpool. You need to look for Mo Salah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that's my guy. Okay. Um, but anyways, like I was just like, bro, like it's um, 
like there's no way like just because you're young that doesn't necessarily mean that you have the experience to dominate a player mm-hmm. who's played 30 40 years you know what i'm saying like exactly it's just not going to happen unless like you really like that which that's a very small percentage and, and that's the other thing too like me personally i think social media has overhyped it yeah. like Okay, you got this fly mixtape where you dunking on everybody. Okay, you're seven three, and everyone the average height is like six four, Facts. and you're playing in a state where it's the popular sport is football. Exactly. You're kind of <laughs> gonna be dominant. It was a funny video that popped up. Oh, it was like a, I think I think it was a Baller's Life video. It was Zion. He was playing in high school. I don't know what what, what grade he was in, but mm-hmm. obviously he's Zion has always been a man among men, right? Yeah. And uh, he's he's playing in the paint, and it was just like a short little. I don't know. He had to be like thirteen or fourteen year old. Yeah. But it was like a extreme height difference, and yep. Zion was towering over these kids. And I was like, "Bro, you playing youth league? Ain't you? <laughs> Come on now." That's funny. No, it's crazy. It's it's. Uh, but definitely to your point, social media definitely in a way kind of creates a creates a false narrative or a false image on what people can and what they can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, just because this person is putting up these dunks. They're only showing the highlights. Exactly. Like you don't know what else happened in this game unless you watch the full game. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're just catching the best, the, like, this this athlete at their best. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't see the 20 turnovers that this person might have committed on the court. You didn't see this person miss the five jump shots. You didn't see this person jam a dunk and miss that, too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, And you didn't see this person get a shot blocked. You know what I'm saying? No, so it's it's – in a way, I can see the positive side to it. Yeah, it, you know, Yeah, you know, it, it definitely gives those athletes exposure. But mm-hmm. at the same time, when that person is tasked with going to, let's take basketball, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? This person signs with UNC. Yeah. They sign with UNC or go to UNC for college. They play, they play for the Tar Heels, and then they go up against Zion Williamson at Duke. I don't necessarily mean just because you had these mm-hmm. rock star highlights. That, that don't mean you're going like – take over Zion on the court. That's that's not going to happen. Exactly. And it's like... Unless you really like that. Unless you really like that. Unless and you really I, like that. I think talent sometimes is important, but hard work is also important. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, seeing it on um, your brother Derek's podcast, Shout Out to the Brothers. They were having a conversation of which one is more important, talent or hard work. Me, personally, I'm always going to go hard work. But I think it's dangerous when the talent works hard. <laughs> like, yeah. like, for example, because I look at Giannis. Yeah. Giannis worked hard. And he was rewarded, rewarded and won a championship. Yeah. But also just look at talent like LeBron. Not saying LeBron didn't work hard, but LeBron was, has been immensely talented yeah. since he was young. Yeah. They're both still great. It's just their path to greatness was different, but they still both got what they got. And then we look at other people, too, I think, on the other end. Like, look at talent. Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. very talented. Mm-hmm. But then also look on the other side. Steph Curry, hard work. Like, them three-point shots just didn't happen. Facts. Like, he didn't wake up and just was like, I'm good. No, that worked. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, look at Kobe Bryant. I mean, you said mm-hmm. it. Like, he had a terrible rookie season. But he came back after the rookie season, and he just consistently got better and better mm-hmm. and better to then becoming, was he was a five-time NBA champion, four-time? Five-time NBA five-time champion. Five-time NBA champion and dominated the floor. Honestly, I mean, he probably could have played a couple more years. Yeah, if he hadn't had them injuries. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And a better team. Yeah, yeah, I'm a exactly. Lakers fan, so I'm very critical of my I'm team. I'm a Lakers fan as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, thank you. I'm, 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 I don't I'm know what's about to happen this season. I have no idea. Honestly, I, I haven't. I'm gonna be real. I haven't. I haven't followed basketball in a long time either. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of don't really. I, I kind of check in on big games, but I check out. Like I don't watch every single game. Mm-hmm. Football is my sport. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would watch football every single Sunday, and it doesn't have to be my team. I'm a Cowboys fan. So it's always a 50-50 side. I'm either going to win or we're going to lose. It doesn't really matter. I'm right. definitely going to be upset most right. of the time. Um, but, I mean, it's uh, – but basketball – in a way, it's just one of those things. Like I said, it's just it's just evolved so much over time. And mm-hmm. to your point, I also side with the hard work over talent. Yeah. Because I just think that when you work hard for something, there's a greater appreciation for it. And also, not even not even tying it to sports. Mm-hmm. Think about think about uh, the first car you buy. Right. Or the first pair of J's you buy yourself. Mm-hmm. Or the first something you buy for yourself. The 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 fact that you saving up that money to then go up work in working hard to then purchase what you want, you have a greater appreciation for it. And it's the same thing as sports. When you grind, when you hustle, when you're in the gym twelve mm-hmm. hours a day and you're focusing on perfecting your craft and then you eventually win a championship, mm-hmm. it pays off in the long run. Tom Brady is another example, which is why this man will forever be goaded. <laughs> forever he will he will definitely be goaded. Um, I asked this question to uh, Derek and the crew a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the quarterback when Tom Brady signed? I forgot. To the Patriots? Who was his name? I forgot who, but. Anyways, so, yeah. I, so I, I, I posed the question. I was like, what if that person never got hurt? Does Tom Brady win seven championships? I still say no. I say he won three. I don't even know if he won one. That's Tom true. Brady's great. That's true. But. Things happened for him at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. He was on, he, he was on the perfect team. Yeah, the perfect coaching staff. Yeah, and shit just worked for him. Now, if he would have gone to another like another team, you know, it's 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 really hard to say if he would have gained that success. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. We're, we're kind of going off the rails here. Carry but no, no, no. But that, that's a fair thing. You know, we, it's that's the other thing of sports. Looking at the what ifs. Yeah. Like you know. What if Ray Allen missed that shot? LeBron doesn't have four rings, like, or does he? What if Kyrie um, didn't make that three to go into state win that year, and do they get KD? Um, what happens if they would have let Beast Mode run the football instead of passing it? What happens if, um, uh, what's we call it? What happens if Usain Bolt caught that cramp earlier? In that race, instead of catching it towards the end of it when he was already ahead of everybody, right. like the what ifs in sports sometimes are more entertaining than what happened. Absolutely, and I feel like those are the conversations that can that can last hours. You know what I'm saying? Like when when you think about all of the possible scenarios of what if this happened, mm-hmm. what would happen? Um, and I often go to that same like that same question all the time. Like I said, with the Tom Brady example, but also with some of the ones you've listed as well. And I, I, I mean, I know that we would never know ourselves, but I mean, it's always the it's always fun trying to pick out what if scenarios mm-hmm. it's it's crazy oh yeah it's yeah. a bunch of what if scenarios that i i like to talk about as well as like it just becomes one of those things where it's like it's not even just a what if it's like yo that probably really could have happened facts like you know even mm-hmm. even when it's we're talking about small things like okay well what if they would have drafted so-and-so yeah. Because I know that's one question. Someone's always I saw it on um, ESPN um, page because they did like a what if thing for like Marvel because Marvel um, had a TV show called What If on Disney Plus. Yeah. And one of the questions was, what if Melo would have went to the Pistons instead of the Nuggets? 
like him, Chauncey. Him, Chauncey, it would have been him, Chauncey Billis, Rip Hamilton, the Ben Wallace. Wallace. Oh my God! I'm like, damn, Melo would probably have two two rings. He would definitely have a couple rings by now, mm-hmm. which is crazy because he's also one of those folks on that list of great athletes, mm-hmm. but no championship. Yeah, you know what I'm saying so, but I definitely think that if if he was drafted by the Pistons, looking at that team he was surrounded by, mm-hmm. he would have won. Oh yeah, he would have definitely won a championship. Like question too, like what if Derek Jeter went to the Red Sox? Like what if um, what if LeBron went to college? <laughs> um, Bro, that's that's scary to think about. Well, granted that LeBron James has always been dominant, mm-hmm. I think that he probably would have. In a way, I don't know if college would have enhanced his talent because mm-hmm. he still competed at the highest level in basketball in the country. Yeah. Um, what school would he have gone to? That's the that's the better question is what school he would have gone to. Personally, I don't know. I I really don't know. I what know school was hot back in like the early two thousand. Early two thousands. Duke. Duke. You know Duke. Did you go to Duke? I um I've been told and it's been proven Kobe would have went to Duke if he would have went to college. You think so? For I real? think he would have went. Even though I'm a big UNC fan, I would have loved for him to come to UNC, but he more than likely would have went to Duke. It's so crazy to process like those questions. Like I think that if LeBron James went, goes to college. That means he doesn't come to the league until 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. Does he still get signed to Cleveland? Yeah. And it's like, you know, the thing with eligibility is like when you play a college sport, regardless when you go to pro, you know, people want to do the one and done thing. Mm-hmm. So what if you stayed all four years? Because yeah. I know, like, same thing with Shaq. Like, even though Shaq did a lot of good things when he was at LSU, finding himself, you know, joining Omega, um, honing his craft as an athlete, actually wanting to keep pursuing and understanding and respecting education. Right. What if his mom would have like, yeah, after your first year, the hell with it, get drafted. Mm-hmm. Who would he be today? Facts. Questions like that. Like, that. that's always entertaining. Yeah, no, it's, it's the way that my brain is going right now, I'm just thinking about all of the possible scenarios for those. And it's scary to think, like, you have players that make it to the league <clears throat> that mm-hmm. probably could have spent more than a year. Like, imagine Zion spending all four years at Duke. Duke definitely wins at least two or three championships. They win one. You think one? Uh, this is probably my UNC bias. Okay. But just also looking at that team that was there yeah. and the teams that followed through, I think he definitely would have got one. Okay. He would have got one. Um, they would have probably went back but lost. So they would have went twice, won once, in my oh, yeah. opinion. Absolutely. I think that Duke kind of – they never went off the radar, but I think that they did fall off a little bit mm-hmm. after Zion and RJ. I think what they had like half of their starting five went to the league yeah. that year, right? So yeah, Cam like Reddish, really had to, J- RJ Barrett, and Zion. Yeah, like they literally had to rebuild their starting lineup. And granted that, you know, they of course they had a bench, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, it's just crazy to process, like, so does Melo go to UCLA? Ooh. Or does he go to a different team? Respectfully, I think he would have still went to UCLA. I think so I still think well. Lonzo, even though what happened with Jello is well, was unfortunate, yeah. I still think Lonzo still would have had the best college career. Is Jello still in the G League? Yeah, he's still in the G League. Okay. He's still in the G League. I don't think he's NBA ready personally. That's Bro, just me. LeVar Ball. <laughs> he was right though. He was right. <laughs> All three of his boys made it to the league. I always said he's the Jesse Jackson of uh, sports. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember watching uh uh Lonzo get drafted and listening to LeVar Ball. It was like, I told you so. Mm-hmm. I got two more boys coming up next and they gonna, you know what I'm saying, do whatever, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, bro, this man talking out the side of his neck. 
No, you yeah, was right. So no, yeah, no. But yeah, it's no. crazy that you said rebuild, because that is a question I wanted to ask you before we get into the other, more of the serious part of the okay. conversation. Do you think when it comes to building a team, it matters more so on the players or on the coach? Because look at the success of, uh, success, success of UNC this past year. Like, we went to the championship even though we lost, and our coach, Roy, you know, respect to Roy, he's gone. We had a new coach, and in his first year, we went to the championship game. Right. Then you see people, like, in the NFL, like Belichick. With, like, Belichick hasn't played football, but he has a beautiful football mind, and Brady won without him. Now they're rebuilding. So is it, you know, those type of questions. Absolutely. Like, like I, it's, especially, like, other um, professional sports as well. Yeah, I think it's mostly around the players. Because, I mean, like, you can always have a great coach. Oh, let me backtrack. Mm -hmm. It can go either way. Okay. Because I look at people like uh, Phil Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yes. Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he managed to win, what, six championships with the uh, Bulls? Six with the Bulls, five with the oh, – three – no, 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 shit, shit, shit. Um, six with the Bulls. Um, damn, I'm trying to think how many with the Lakers. Was it like – I'm really trying to think. I really should know this. When did he join the Laker organization? I can't remember. He – I'm saying it like I don't got internet right here. Hold on. Damn, I'm trying to think. But he also won two as a player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, so, you know, looking. But at, he has 11 rings, which is crazy. Okay. The process, right? Mm -hmm. That. So yes, happen. do with the Lakers. Do with the Lakers. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't happen for every single coach. But then you look at the player, the team aspect. You look at people like Tom Brady. Tom Brady, in my mind. So this is one of the reasons why Tom Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. It's the simple fact that he was willing to take pay cuts yes. to build a team around him to get the targets that he wanted. If Tom Brady was to take the mega contract, does he get Gronk? Does he get Aaron Hernandez? Does he get Julian Edelman? Does he get um, Antonio, Brown. Antonio Brown? No, he doesn't. Yeah. He probably, Julio Jones? Exactly. <laughs> Julio fucking Jones now, apparently. Um <laughs> Even though Julio's at the end of his career, it is what it is. But you still, never know. Julio got a vengeance. Julio and Tom Brady, they might be the packages. Honestly, looking at that team all around, Julio, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, is Leonard Fournette still? I, anyway, I, I forgot. It, it, anyway. it don't even matter. But still, mm -hmm. I, think, I think Tom Brady got another shot to win a championship. And it's the simple fact that he's willing – to build around himself, to build a team, because he focuses on that element of, I don't win championships. Mm -hmm. The team wins championships. And I think he's on his way to get his eighth one. That's fair to say. I, I asked the question because it's like I look at rebuild not just in professional but also college. Yeah. When I see some colleges rebuild, I question why. Yeah. Looking at people like Nick Saban. Nick Saban is not ever going to be in a rebuild mode. Mm -hmm. He may be in a rebuild with his staff, mm -hmm. but – People are going to come to Alabama because it's Alabama. Oh, Alabama is is, is goaded. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. they valid. Exactly. But when I look at some sports teams as well as, like, some individuals, it's like, are you going towards this rebuild because you actually believe the culture here, the coach here, excuse me, the situation here will lead me to win? Or did you just not like where you were? And I think it's fair to not be where you were. Like, let's look at Kevin Durant. He wants to be traded. That's fair. You have the right to do that. Mm -hmm. But it's a trade request, not right. a trade demand. Right. You, at the end of the day, they can still keep your ass on the roster. Facts. So, are, like, even, like, smaller things, when some college students transfer from one D1 college to another D1 college, did you leave to go to that bigger D1 college because it is that school? Mm -hmm. Or do you actually 
feel like okay, I can actually make an impact here. I think it mostly. I think it depends on the athlete, right? So I think that yeah. you have some talent, like those who are just trying to play Division One ball to get the exposure. Yeah, they come to schools like Longwood. They go to schools like Radford. They go to schools like Liberty. Those schools that are in the smaller Division One conferences, so that way they can build and develop. Yeah. Um, and then they venture off to some other big schools. Coaches do the exact same thing. Why? Because they recognize that they need to leave a footprint. Mm -hmm. They need to utilize certain places or certain institutions as a stepping stone to get to where they need to be. And, and me personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But I think that it keeps that constant cycle going. Of if you are one of those institutions, like Longwood, for example, um, or I'm not going to use long, but let's say Radford or, or Liberty, mm -hmm. you know, you're let's always... Let's say VCU. VCU. That's, mm -hmm. that, that, that's a better example. Um, or even University of Richmond, for that matter, mm -hmm. right? You're always going to be one of those schools where students come because they have the talent to play Division One ball, but they don't necessarily have the talent to compete at Kentucky yeah. or the talent to... Or they didn't get the exposure. You look at the central area that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. It's so much talent in this little central hub of Virginia that the talent goes unnoticed simply because they go to single-A schools that that don't really get the attention. Yeah, these are the students that go play D three, D two, or really low level D one ball mm -hmm. to then get that exposure to get to where they need to be to then make it to play professionally. Right. Um, and I don't say, and I don't think, any, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it if the intent is to get better. At the end of the day, yeah. But sometimes I think that's depending on what it is, it's a cop out. Yeah. Because now you're choosing comfort over growth. Growth isn't gonna always get you to where you need to go. Now, okay, let's say like for example, run that by me again. I says in some cases people choose comfort over growth. Okay, and I think that that can stunt you. Like for example, John Morant, um, bring him back up. He's from South Carolina. Yeah, him going to South Carolina, him being a Gamecock probably would have been cool, but do you think it would have been as impactful what he did at Murray State? I don't think so. I don't think so. We can also use the same situation with a coach, Don Staley, the mm -hmm. coach of the women's team. She has offers and had offers to go to bigger schools. But if she did not build what she had in South Carolina, even though she's from Philly, I don't think that she is recognized as, a, as an amazing coach as well as a champion. Right. So it's like when we choose comfort in some of these situations, I think that it's a comfort of – because comfort is not always a bad thing. Can it be the comfort of, okay, I know this system. I can do well here. I can just work hard. Right. I think that can happen. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's like, damn. My boys left. They went to that school. Shit, they need me. I'm going. Right. Well, does the team need you or do you need your boys? Right. Do you need your girls? Like, yeah. stuff like that. And I go back and forth on that one, too, because I have a philosophy that I, I utilize every single day, and that's um, I want to become comfortable being uncomfortable because right. I know that being uncomfortable means I'm growing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that for some college athletes – when they come to schools like Longwood, they recognize that they didn't have the talent or they didn't get the exposure in high school to then progress to the next level and compete at Tennessee or compete at VCU or compete at um, Connecticut or, or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or Zaga, you know, some of the powerhouse mm -hmm. schools out there. But then they come to these schools and they get that ESPN exposure, they get the television exposure, they really get a chance to play with other players who are like themselves. And then they get to a point where it's like, you can either become complacent and stay here mm -hmm. or you can transfer to a different school because you recognize that you can compete at the next level to then play professionally. Right. And I don't see anything wrong with that. So right. I think that if you're seeking growth, 
mm-hmm. and you're at a school that's smaller, you need to grow. Like you, yeah, like you yeah. need to go on. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think anybody should seek comfort. Yeah. Um, unless you're already at that level. Like if you're competing at Duke, mm-hmm. you can be comfortable for a year or two, and yeah. then you and then you go into the league, and that's where you grow. Right. I can understand that. Yeah. I can understand. I'm not going to disagree with that. So to move it on to the next part of the conversation, and this is where I put the poll out on Instagram, and shout out to everyone who responded, shout out to everybody who looked. The question was, to the activism part of the conversation, is should athletes be activists? I had the responses of yes, no, it's becoming an addiction to be an activist, and we and shout out to um, Sumi Mia, S-U-M-M-I-E, Mia, one of my followers. I appreciate her. She said, we put too much responsibility on celebrities in the black community to be activists. So first off, what are your thoughts on the topic? And we will go from there. I can go both ways, man. I mean, I think that you have a lot of athletes that utilize their celebrity and their stature as a, to, to pretty much be the void for the people who, who can't express their voice. Look at Colin Kaepernick. Look mm-hmm. at uh, Malcolm, uh, damn, what's his last name? The safety from Philly. Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins. I, 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 was, I was about to say, what the hell is his last name? I, I went blank on it. Um, you know, you look at LeBron James. You know, you look at some of these other you know, talents that are doing really great things. Look at Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they utilize who they were as a celebrity because they knew they had a following. And they mm-hmm. knew that if they spoke it and they got the word out, it was going to start a conversation. But I think that to the um, individual's comment, I think that in a way we do kind of put too much on the athletes because at the end of the day, your job is to just compete. Right. Your job is to solely win a championship. Anything outside of that, that's that, that's on you. Yes. Um. So I, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's kind of hard for me to decide which one is better. I, I don't think there's a better answer over the other because I think that if you say one is better, well, then you're lacking in the other one. Um. What do you think about it? I think for one, it's a personal choice. Yeah. I said, but two, we also have to look at what we're fighting for and why you're doing it. And this is where I have a little bit of, a little bit, damn, I can't think of the word right now. I I just separated with some people. Like, for example... People have issues with LeBron speaking out about racial injustice. I think <laughs> shut that he, up and dribble. Yeah, shut up and dribble, basically. <laughs> but that was the dumbest shit I ever heard. It in was. My life. I was like, oh my God, y'all let her say this shit. Yes, like, they did oh because God. they agreed with it. It's, but it's, it's like he still is doing things because he is still is a black man in America. He still has black children and he wants this to be a country where it is safer for them. I can completely understand that, and I respect why he's doing that. Yeah. But then on the other side of that, let's look at his former Robin, Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie Irving is one of the most fake, woke motherfuckers ever. Because, one, I feel like he does this because he knows it's right, but there's selfishness in it. Now, I think that there's selfishness in what LeBron is doing to him, but it's not so much of what Kyrie doing. And this is my issue with Kyrie. Is Kyrie has said to himself he is a martyr. He's, this is on record. Because he was doing a, a podcast, I think it was the Pivot Podcast, not Pivot, uh, I Am Athlete Podcast. And he was like, you know, everything that comes with it, the scrutiny of the comments, he said, that's what it is to be a martyr. And I was like, Kyrie, you're not a fucking martyr. Right. You didn't lose anything. Right. You still have a job. You still have a career. You, you didn't lose anything. To be a martyr, you have to lose something. Right. So 
I think he's very fake woke. Now, him donating money, him, like, doing things with his platform, okay, I respect it. But at the end of the day, is this because Kyrie thinks he's the smartest person in the room or because you realize there's bullshit going on? Right. I think there's a situation where two truths can be th- at the same time. Right. I think he can recognize that there's things that need to be fixed. But at the same time, I think that he always thinks he's the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And um, doing it for another example, I'll look at uh, women's sports. Uh, Maya Moore. Um, one of my favorite WNBA players, she's not playing anymore because she left her career to combat um, injustice towards black men being incarcerated because her husband was falsely incarcerated. So she gave up her career to help black men in that way who are wrongly imprisoned. Mm -hmm. I respect that. And now on the flip side, let's look at Megan Rapinoe. Now I will say this is nothing against her lifestyle or her being a woman. That's a soccer player, right? Yeah, yeah. She's Sue Bird's wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She a dog too. Yeah, yeah, Sue Bird is an amazing basketball player. Yeah. Respect to her. But Megan Rapinoe, not talking about the LGBTQ rights, but it's like you were fighting for equal pay for women's soccer players. But had you had read your contract, you were paying, getting paid just as much, and you would have been paid more because women's soccer does more. Mm-hmm. You were the better team. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but the difference is where's your Nike contract? Where's your Gatorade contract? They have that. They have that other means of income. And plus the other thing, they sell tickets. Yeah, exactly. They sell tickets. You, you are obviously the better team, but you don't sell. Talk to the marketing, talk to your agents. This isn't about no one gives a fuck that you're a woman. Well, some people don't. They, they probably, they do disrespect the fact that you're a woman, especially a gay woman. But at the end of the day, Casual fans run these sports. Mm-hmm. They do. Like, that's why sports like tennis and golf, the only people who really watch them are people who actually like that sport, yeah. people who play that sport. But you got people who never play basketball and really don't give a shit about basketball front row at a Laker game. Exactly. They're not at that Sparks game. Exactly, but they're not at that, <laughs> but they're not at that Sparks game. Not at the Sparks game. Yeah, no, I, so I, I like, that, Before you continue, I'm saying, yeah, so know, like I said, it depends, and it depends what you're doing it for, but continue. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that... Looking at it uh, through that lens, I mean, I, I think that you are absolutely right. I think that, you know, the fans, they control so much mm-hmm. um, when it comes to sports. You know, you look at uh, people buying jerseys or you look at people, um, you know, uh, you know, following, you know, a certain athletes on social media. Like, mm-hmm. they're making money off of that. Um, the same way the organizations are making money off of those jersey sales and they're making money off of the people that are buying tickets because they want to see – that player mm-hmm. compete, um, you know, and I, I think that when it comes to women's sports, I got a lot of respect for women in general, mm-hmm. um, and I think that in certain aspects, you know, they probably, they definitely need to be paid their worth. Yes, but at the same time, if people aren't showing up for your athletic events, I can't justify the need for higher pay. Yeah, you know, now women's soccer, that USA team is different. Yes, um, they are a phenomenal team, and she's a great captain for that team. Absolutely, her leadership and, skills are not questioned. Yeah, and the fact that she doesn't have sponsorship or endorsements, I'm like, uh, you might want to get some different agents in your corner because you need that, um, and that's how you bring in the money. If I mean, I'm Puma, have, I'm signing her to a lifetime contract. Facts. I mean, you look at personally. somebody like LeBron James. Now, LeBron James, one of the greatest athletes of this generation as it pertains to basketball. I get that, mm-hmm. and he has been great ever since he came into the league in 2003. Even before that, when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. He was the Zion Williamson of that generation. Yes. Um, I, I think that if you look at his basketball contracts in general, 
you can justify LeBron James deserves this this much money because he has a following. Mm -hmm. But you can also look at the fact and see, oh, he's signed by Nike. Oh, he also has this endorsement. Oh, he's an actor too. Oh, he does some of this. Oh, mm -hmm. he writes books. Oh, he's an entrepreneur. No shit, he's a billionaire. Exactly. That's that's the exact reason why he's a billionaire. Exactly. Like, the same way with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan did not become a billionaire playing basketball. Michael Jordan became a billionaire because he started up his own franchise, and then he became a general manager. Mm -hmm. And plus, he had now a he's lot a team of owner. Stuff. Well, he's and a now team he's owner. a team owner. Exactly. So, of course, he, he will become a billionaire. Um, I, I think that when it comes to women's sports, yes, we need to pay them more. Rightfully so, they need to be paying more. But at the same time, I can't make fans show up to games. I can't make fans buy your jerseys. You need to make people show up. You need to get people mm -hmm. excited about watching <coughs> a basketball game. Now, I would imagine, what, what's the uh, the basketball player that, that's in Russia right now? Uh, uh, Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner. I would imagine she's probably got a lot of people supporting her right now. She probably got a lot of people buying her jerseys. She's, she's probably going to do very well when she gets back to the country, whenever that might be. Um, but... At the end of the day, you know, you still got to lean on your team to get you the extra sponsorships, to get you those endorsements to then progress and do great things. Yeah, it, it's it's all in the marketing. And me personally, I blame marketing departments because and even then I also blame not just the marketing departments, but what the team support. Like if I'm like, you know, unfortunately, the, the biggest thing that the WNBA has to sell is sex. Like, I hate to say it, but it's like that. It's a lot of gorgeous women in the WNBA, and that's going to be your biggest thing to sell. I don't think that should be it, but that's just the realization of the situation. Versus the NBA, it's athleticism. Mm -hmm. That dunk over 12 people is amazing more than you clapping your hands saying, yeah, I'm a woman. That's not going to get people to buy tickets. Right. Even women, like, <laughs> I know the comedian Bill Burr, he made a joke. He said no one in the WNBA got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> He said, because no one was coming to the fucking <laughs> Like You know what's crazy? I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, wait a minute. The men, they weren't the only ones playing in the bubble. The women was playing too. I don't know a woman who had COVID. Facts. <laughs> like, that's crazy to process. That's the yeah. thing. It's like, so the marketing needs to be fixed in that department. I'm going to leave that right there. Yeah, absolutely. But still to the ultimate point of activism. Yeah. I don't think that's the responsibility should always fall on celebrities. Now, I get having a platform, yeah. but that's like a delicate conversation yeah. because I remember seeing a YouTuber make a video because everything was going on in Ukraine, and he he was being funny. He was like, well, how come you don't speak about it? You have a platform. Well, that's not my responsibility. And how do you – and you are ignorant for thinking I have the knowledge to even speak on it in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Just because somebody has a platform and somebody's a celebrity, that doesn't make them an expert. That doesn't make them – know everything as it pertains to that topic you know like when it comes to certain topics i'll i'll become more vocal i'll speak mm -hmm. up but when it comes to shit i don't know about i'm gonna sit my ass down and i'm gonna listen and observe because i don't know what the fuck y'all talking about but say even when it comes, <laughs> no for real facts i agree because exactly. it's like it's one thing to be loud it's nothing to be loud and wrong yeah because it's like for example stephen jackson respecting him as a basketball player i think he's a horrible activist for black people this was the guy that stood up for george uh george george, george floyd. floyd it was his friend yeah yeah i think he's a horrible activist not for george floyd just to clear that up but for hiring black coaches he's always on especially professional football I man how come y'all hire black coaches how come y'all hire black coaches let's actually ask the real question are people black people applying to be head coaches, coordinators, assistant coaches, managers. Facts. Are they applying, first of all? Because if we got a job interview and it's 12 white guys and two black guys, I think I know which guy may get the job just off of probability. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I, I hate to say it. I mean, I mean, no, that's facts. I mean, you look at it in any industry. You know, we talk about increasing diversity, equity, and inclusion in every single industry that we have. But if you don't have those individuals applying for jobs, or if you don't have a, if you don't have a what's the terminology for a blueprint for them to get to the top, mm -hmm. how can you expect them to apply for a job that they might be underqualified for? Now, I'm not saying that there aren't <clears throat> black men and women coaches out there who can't do who like can't do the job exactly absolutely there are a lot out there who can do the job mm -hmm. but it's levels to it you yes. know what i'm saying i'm not going to graduate college and then apply for a director position mm -hmm. no you need to learn the craft you need to you know you need to be in the trenches you need to learn as well and i think that's what honestly creates um a stronger coaching philosophy for some of those individuals to then go out and do great things exactly. but i mean at the end of the day if you're looking at probability there's a lot more of them than there are of us. And exactly, especially in football. Now it's yeah. like, you know, looking at basketball, I can understand sometimes a little bit more because like Steve Nash, for example. Steve Nash had no coaching experience. Wonderful basketball player, so he knows the game. Absolutely. But he got a job with arguably at that moment the best team in basketball because you had KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Mm -hmm. I see the unfairness because there are black coaches who have been assistant coaches for like 20-plus years mm -hmm. who deserved a shot. I'm not going to disagree with that. But you also got to look at the mindset of the executives. Okay, do I trust a former MVP who played their ass off in this game and knew it, especially at the point yeah. guard position, or this guy who's been—he's not even the head assistant coach. Facts. He's just the assistant, an assistant coach, and he's been doing it for thirty years. Yeah. Hmm. It's a business. It's a business. At the end of the day, and that's and that's the sucky part. It's it's just, and I've been in that position where I've had to make some very influential decisions on folks joining our staff. You know what I'm saying? You're not looking at, you know, just are you black or white. Of mm -hmm. course, those are things that you're looking at because, yes, we want to diversify our staffs. Yes. But if I have an individual who has 20 years of experience who graduated from Princeton or they graduated from VCU, it doesn't matter what school they went to, they have that 20 years of experience and they have a track record of success, there's a good chance that I'm going to put this put this person in my top three opposed to somebody who has entry-level experience. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's a business. You want to make sure that you are making decisions that are going to impact your team in the long run. Mm -hmm. Look at Phil Jackson. Look at, um, what's the guy? Uh, Greg Popovich. Popovich. What, what's the, uh, fuck. What's uh, what? Uh, 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 Pat Riley. Yeah, Pat Riley. Yeah, yeah, Pat Riley, exactly. perfect you, example. You look at Pat Riley, you know what I'm saying? Derek Spolster. Derek Spolster. You look at Nick Saban, you know what I'm saying? Before he came to the NFL, Urban Meyer, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You 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 want to develop a team. Even coaches that ain't coaching. Um, um, John Gruden. Exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck, you know, John Madden for that John matter. Madden, Rex, Rex Ryan. X. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, these are individuals who have years of experience. And, of course, when it comes to developing a team so you can win a championship to bring in more revenue to your team and your organization and your city, mm -hmm. I I'm going to take the best person I possibly can. Exactly. And I think, like, I'm not trying to take the conversation too deep, but it's part yeah, of the no, conversation because it's like at the end of the day, it's like, okay, do you care that someone black just got hired because someone white just got hired? That's kind of a false mentality. Mm -hmm. Like, I personally understand the frustration behind it. Yeah. Like, for, like talking about Steve Nass, like, damn, did he get the job because he white or did he get the job because he's two-time MVP NBA yeah. All-Star Steve Nash? Definitely a two-time MVP. Exactly. Yeah. Now, had it just been Joe Schmo who was white, Okay, I can understand a little bit more. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's not always a race thing. Yeah. Sometimes the black person won't qualify. And did we ever think this? Like, maybe 
if I finish my NBA career, I don't want to become a coach. I just want to be a random Joe Schmo and just collect my check for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. not everybody is in that mindset of I want to be a leader. And that's okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You were on a team and you managed to lead your team to multiple championships. You won an MVP yourself. You know what I'm saying? You had a very decorated career. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to lead a team as a coach. Look at Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was not a head coach. He's a general manager. He makes some very important decisions. He's the one that's putting these coaches and these players mm-hmm. on that court. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, he's not going to put himself in that position to lead a team mm-hmm. and be led under somebody else. No, he wants to be the leader. You know what I'm saying? Because so that's just a, who he is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's it depends on the person. It does. It, it depends on the purpose. Now, should there be a fair shot for everybody? Absolutely. But – at the end of the day, I think we're still never going to be satisfied. It's like, oh, so-and-so was hired just because they was black. We're never going to be satisfied. And it's that, that's the very unfortunate thing. I read a it's, – it's actually kind of funny. I was looking at an article the other day, and it was not related to sports at all, but it was still looking at diversity, equity, and inclusion mm-hmm. as it pertains to higher education, um, colleges around the country, mm-hmm. and recruiting more ethnically diverse staff. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that if you wanted to fully diversify an institution, like, I, and they, they they were naming out some other, like, big schools. I can't think. I'm, I'm going to say the University of Connecticut, for example. I think I think that was one of the schools on the list. Right. They said it would take about 100 years to put that school in a spot to be equitable, mm-hmm. but at the same time increase diversity to then match their counterparts. Yes. It takes time to develop that. It's not something that happens overnight. And even when you look at some of the basic principles of instituting diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's more than just finding the right people. Mm-hmm. You have to rebuild an infrastructure. Yeah. And you even, know? like, the infrastructure, even is the household. Yeah. Like, if you're a black athlete and you're good at it, they just tell you to be good at being the athlete. They don't tell you that, hey, you could be a good general manager. Which you is could be the crazy a good part. Owner. You could exactly. be a good coach. Exactly. Like, I was thinking about this when I was driving in um, to home today. I was like, um... Uh, you know, for the longest time, you look at some of those athletes that play a sport in high school and they're constantly being told, you're going to be the best athlete ever. You're going to be the best athlete ever. But what about when they retire? Mm-hmm. You know, granted that they have a long time. Well, let's hope they have a long time to process that. Right. Anything can happen. You come out, look at Zion, for example. Mm-hmm. He busted out of his shoe and had his knee. Was, was a knee injury? Ankle injury? It was a knee injury, I think right? it was a knee injury, yeah. A knee injury. If that knee injury was any worse than what it was, that could have been his entire career. Over. His career would have been over, and he would have been a coach, or he probably would have been doing something where he had to really think about his future. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that when we have these conversations with people, not just kids, but people in general, we need to look at it through a lens of you're not just an athlete. Yes, you are going to be an athlete. You're going to be a great athlete. Mm-hmm. But what do you do when you're 30? What do you do when you're 35? What do you do when you're 40? Mm-hmm. What legacy are you going to leave when you're you know, 80, 90 years old when you leave this earth? Mm-hmm. Is it just going to be basketball? Because if it's just basketball, I think that you failed. Yeah. You know, We need to be focusing on building ourselves as entrepreneurs, building ourselves up financially, building ourselves up to really bring in a family so that that way they can go out and they can do things and, and their kids don't feel like they have to go and play the same sport. Yeah. They can go out and they can be managers. They can go out and they can, you know, become a tattoo artist or they can become a barber. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We, we need to give them more realistic expectations mm-hmm. because there's no greater um, upset 
than failing and not making it to that next level. Oh, yeah. I know me personally, and I'm going to, like, wrap this up here. I thought about it. You know, I, as a kid, I wanted to play professional sport. As I got older, I said, shoot, I'd rather be a general manager. Facts. I'd rather, I'd rather be a general manager because, dang, I get to structure the team how best I see fit. All I do is make sure we stay within this budget. Shoot. My pitch meeting is going to be phenomenal. Where you, <laughs> you want to go? Hawaii? Facts. Puerto Rico? That's fine. Facts. Like, it's so much power that we see within general managers that we don't even realize it. Like, the moves like Rapalinka made to get Pau Gasol to the Lakers to help Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. The moves that are made from um, from even sports agents. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, contract negotiations. There's power in that stuff, too, because Absolutely. when you're an agent, you can have multiple clients. Absolutely. You can have let's, a- hope you have clients. Well, let's hope you have multiple clients. <laughs> yeah, let's hope you have multiple clients. You can have an agency. Facts. Like, where you have other agents working for you, representing other athletes, entertainers, whoever. Exactly. So it's just, I wish we could think bigger than that sometimes. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Just gonna, I'm just personally going to leave it right there for me. Any other closing thoughts? Man, the only thing I can think of, if you are young, if you are looking at playing um, at the collegiate level or playing at the professional level, work your hardest. Nothing is guaranteed in life. Um, just focus on developing your own personal craft, but don't just look at the sport. Focus on building up yourself to become a better person in general. Collect you know, as many skills as you can and perfect those skills as you progress throughout your life. Um, and it might not be the football, basketball, baseball that gets you to your seven-figure lifestyle, but it could be something else along the way. But it's up to you to figure out what that is. And uh, with that being said, man, I wish you all the best of luck. Thanks for having me on the show, bro. No problem. I'm going to just say that, you know, that was perfect. I don't got to say anything else, but thank you for coming. All right, y'all. This has been Woke. I'm your boy Aaron. That's your other boy Aaron. Continue to listen to the show. Check out my sponsor at Childhood Clothing, and I will see you next time. Thank you.